Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the podcast, Deep Meaningful Conversations, with your host, Alex Casilembo. Claire is not with us today because I have locked her up in my basement for being a bad girl. Now, back to everybody. <laughs> that was a joke, people. You are supposed to... Okay, never mind. Today, we've got a special guest. We are joined today by the Celtic queen, Miss Jasmine Connor. Now, Jasmine... Yes, Alex. It's so good to hear from you. It's been a while. It's really good to hear from you. It's been some time, actually. I'm not too sure if you remember this, but last time that we saw each other was, I think, in 2017, 2018, around there? Yeah, I think so. So It's been a good few years anyway. Yeah, dude, it it has. And I'm not too sure if you've been introduced to everybody. There's Nontu and there's Matthew. Yes, hi. These are really two great friends of mine. Matthew, I met him through a friend of mine by the name of Christy, and he's become like a really close friend of mine over the past few years. And I've wanted him to be on this podcast because I've always had enlightening conversations with him, and he's brought such insightful, deep perspectives of life. I value that. I'd like to share that with the people as well. Oh, I'm touched, Alex. Oh, yeah, no, you, well, you should be because I don't speak highly of many people. So, you know, take it to heart. <laughs> I will, I will. And then there's Nontu, who, who has been such an amazing supportive anchor of mine, like a pillar of strength during the toughest part of our studying. She's just been amazing and so encouraging. And I hope that I can be that for her as well, because she's doing her master's. And even with the challenges that she's faced, she's been able to persevere through it. So everybody, meet one another. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Hi. <laughs> All right. The reason why we have Jasmine today is because she's immigrated over to Ireland and I haven't had a chance to speak to her in a while. And I would like you just to catch up with her, see how she's doing. The thing is, I saw you went over to Ireland and I've seen your journey as you moved along. I remember when you were here in South Africa, I think during that time you were doing your master's and then you were working in four ways as a vet. And then from there, I'm not too sure what happened. Would you like to fill us in? Maybe let us know how you were, what you were going through, what's been keeping you busy these days. Perfect. So I did a BSc in animal science at the University of Pretoria and actually met Alex because we stayed in, what was it called? It was like a student roost kind of thing. South Point. South Point, that's it. So once I did that and got my honors in that, I did start a master's in horses But because it was through the University of Edinburgh, the money was just not there. You know, it's a lot of pounds and obviously the pounds are a bit stronger than the rand. Just a touch. Just just a touch, just a touch. Just a bit. So I did two courses of my master's, got a certificate for that. And I was working then in Heart of Beer Sport on a horse farm and I just couldn't make ends meet. You know, I broke up with my fiance and because we weren't living together anymore, I couldn't afford rent on the salary I was getting. And one day, for some reason, I was just looking up how much animal scientists make in Europe. And it's just a ridiculous amount of money. I think it comes out to about 30,000 rand a month, you know. So I just, something clicked in my head and I said, I can't be here. I'm struggling to live. I can't make ends meet. So I just kind of... It was a January morning and I just went, right, I'm out of here. Yeah. And what I've seen a lot in a lot of cases is that most of the times, first of all, immigrating is a really big decision to make. And it's an incredibly tough decision to make because it requires you leaving what is familiar 
and going to start afresh. And that's incredibly difficult to do. So knowing that, doing that research, how did you go about starting the process of immigrating? I'm one of those people that when I make a decision, everything tends to move very quickly from there. I resigned from my job about a week after I made this decision and sold my whole house. Unfortunately, I had a bit of health issues in between that. So I did end up in hospital for about eight days, which didn't help the process. But yeah, I sold up my everything in that I had in Hart Beersport. I sold all my furniture and went and lived with my grandmother for a couple of months to just get you know some money together to be able to get over here. My mom was a huge support. You know, when I told her, listen, this is my plan, she went 100%, I'm behind you and I'll help you with everything you need. So I was very lucky that way. And her and my stepfather, you know, basically I wouldn't be here without them. They got me the plane ticket. And that's just a ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> yeah. No, I can imagine. I just wanted to ask, before you moved, did you have like a job that side already? Or you were like, I'll see when I get there. I actually just took a plunge and I did apply to jobs online and everything, but they'd say, come in for an interview. And I'm like, well, I'm a bit far away. <laughs> um, yeah. So I actually came over here and I was, I'm very lucky as well because my dad lives here in Ireland near Dublin. So I was able to, you know, land at his place and start looking for jobs whilst I was staying with him. That is interesting because that's the main thing because I'm also contemplating packing everything and we're like, I'll see when I get there. <laughs> I think we all are. But it's so risky. I wouldn't do that, but... Um, yeah, it is, it is a huge risk. I was very lucky in that, you know, I had a place to land. I think if you don't have family or friends wherever you're going, you know, even if it's just staying with someone for two weeks whilst you get on your feet, it's the biggest amount of difference. I know that a lot of people wouldn't have taken that risk, and that's completely understandable. I'm just a little bit of a wild card. Well, you know, one thing that I do remember about you, Jasmine, is that uh, you're a maverick. <laughs> I'm not too sure if you remember this, actually, but when we were in college, I think, I can't really remember the details, but I think you, you had a conversation with your mom over the phone, and I think she was saying you're going to burn yourself out doing extramural activities, working and studying, and you're like, I'll show you. <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> it's like, boom, did it, done. Okay, so I've been looking at your Instagram, okay, because I like keeping up with the peeps. And I've realized that you've uh, gotten into a relationship. Is it serious? Very, yeah. We've been together for a year now, so it's going well. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, good. I I'm glad that you said that because it's time that we, that we explain to him the concept of Lobola. Because you are African. <laughs> okay? Listen, there's going to be no problem with that. There's more, there's more cows than people in Ireland. There's more cows than people there? Yep. Oh, okay, even better. Because for you, Jasmine, I charge four cows and a pony. And a pony. <laughs> yeah. I'm being dead serious. And a pony. No, not a pony. A unicorn. As, you know what? Fuck it. A unicorn. I'd look your boyfriend dead in the eye and be like, go get me a unicorn. Go get me one. Well, we're, we're in the land of the fairies, yes. <laughs> so anything's possible. Uh, anything's possible. Oh, perfect. Okay, so 
how did you guys meet? How did you go about it? How is dating like in Ireland? Okay, because I know that it's a huge culture shock. You're going from Durban, where you get these boot fighters saying boot every two seconds at like 100 kilometers an hour. And then you go over to Ireland where, you know, not, not to sound offense of anything, but they speak completely different. It's going to be hard to hear. It's going to be hard to keep up. It's going to be like, okay, hold on. Let me just adapt to this for a second. And actually, I'd like to ask you and I'd like to ask Matthew as well, because he's actually gone to Ireland to visit his sister. No, um, I don't know. The accents for me, it is a lot like South Africa and that there are different dialects around. And I can understand most people, unless they're farmers. Well, like, okay, wait, is farming the major industry that, that takes over and, and contributes to the GDP in Ireland? Yeah. And that makes so much sense. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why we have more animals than people in Ireland. Because, I mean, Ireland's only got a, about a population of five to seven million. Oh, apparently they're one of the richest. Actually, it is the richest country in the world since 2020. No, they've got the highest wealth per GDP. Mm. I think according to some, I'm not too sure of the specifics, but what's contributed to that is their tax rebates, not tax rebates, tax reductions, uh, and their tax incentives for major corporations and businesses. And they're a water-rich country, so people have invested in water-based industries and farming industries because it's more likely that, you know, Ireland will be the breadbasket of the world. I've done some research. I've done some research about Ireland, you know, because... I want to make sure that you're in a good place. <laughs> Matthew, you've gone to Ireland. Would you like to share where you've been? Maybe it could have been in close proximity to Jasmine. Jeez. I was in the northwest of Ireland, just still inside Ireland, not in... Northern Ireland? What's the other one called? <laughs> What's the other one called? North, yeah, not in Northern Ireland. Um, I can't remember where exactly. <laughs> not that one. <laughs> it's not the not the real one. You know, it's the fake one. Yeah, not the real one. <laughs> oh, by the way, where are you exactly? Uh, do, do you fall within Northern Ireland or Southern Ireland? Northern Ireland. <laughs> I'm in the fake Ireland. Oh, uh, okay. So, so you were then Brexit. Ooh. Oh, you were Ooh. then Brexit. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How are you finding that? Uh, yeah, it was actually just because of my visa, um, because I got a UK ancestral visa, but I didn't want to live in the UK proper. I've always wanted to be in Ireland, so I'm like, okay, I'm just going to like cheat the system here and just go across the border, and then I'm allowed to work here, because I'm not allowed to work in the Republic. Why? Oh, because it's a different government, yeah, and the visa doesn't accommodate it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, okay, that makes a lot of sense. I also wanted to get into this as well. You did your master's in veterinary science as well, did you? No, I started a master's in equine science, but as I said earlier, I wasn't able to finish it, unfortunately. So I'm now training to actually be a veterinary nurse. Okay. Which is along the lines of what you studied? No, it's got nothing to do with what I studied, actually, to be perfectly honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> What? So then, okay, then how did that come about? So it actually started when I was in Durban. I just wanted a job to kind of tide me over until I got to Ireland. And I went and applied for a veterinary receptionist job. And, you know, the people there said, well, you've got this animal science BSc, 
would you be interested in actually working with the animals at the back with the veterinary nurses? And I'm like, yes, that's grand. Because veterinary nursing isn't really a huge thing in South Africa, and it's absolutely huge over here. So, you know, I started, I did that for six months. I worked in Durban as a vet nurse assistant. And over here, it's a, it's a whole career, you know. So I was able to, to get a job then basically doing the same thing, which was great. Oh, okay. I want to ask, which careers would you say are like the it's thing that side? Let's say, for instance, I want to relocate from South Africa going to Ireland. Which careers are like more wanted that even if I apply from South Africa, I'm guaranteed for a job? Not really guaranteed, but then my opportunity to get a job would be very high. Nancy, what did you study? Civil engineering and structural. Okay. Well, that would be a good thing. They're always looking for engineers and basically it's easier if with a, a high qualification like that, it would be easier to get a work visa because you also, it's a backwards thing, but if you are considered an essential skills worker, which you would be, you can earn a whole lot less than if you weren't. So for, to meet the requirements of the visa, you know, so if you're not an essential skills person, I think you have to make 30,000 euros a year for them to be able to approve your visa. But if you're an essential worker, I think it only has to be 20,000 a year. So where do I start applying? Or where, where do I go? Like now, after this, I'm going to go and search. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Looking for Indeed is a great website. That's how I got my job off of Indeed. And basically you search jobs. So you'll say civil engineer in Ireland or the UK or whatever. And then that'll come up on your search bar and they give you the application process. I have another friend that is actually living in Belfast, which is about an hour away from me. And she had the job before she came here. She applied online, had the job. That's what I want. Like, I want to apply and then everything is sorted that when I get there, I don't want to struggle. Like, when I get wherever, I'm sorted. So that's what I want to know. And how do you know if the company that you're applying for is, like, a real one? Because sometimes some are sketched, especially if you say, indeed, in South Africa, some of them, they're not trusted enough, like some companies. So how do I know that this one is really legit? Don't pay any money, ever, for anyone. <laughs> if they ask you for money, like, just... Yeah. Put it back. <laughs> that I'm making a note. I'm... Unless it's an immigration specialist. Even them, hey? I didn't pay an immigration specialist. Did you go through an immigration specialist to get to the United Kingdom? No, I didn't. No. Oh, that's why. Yeah, exactly. Mm, that's that. That helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I doubt that Nontu has got any ancestors there. So. Yo, um, Alex, why are you exposing look, me? But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, I'm sure Ooh, I'm sure nobody I... noticed until now. Yeah, they were like, <laughs> they were like Yeah, did she might might possibly have an ancestor somewhere there? 
Yeah, it's like there's a slight... Maybe me, by going that side, I'll start the ancestral journey for my kids and my grandkids. And, and, and. There we go. So who knows? I must just pave the way. <laughs> there we go. That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, okay, there's that way, and then there's a 23andMe way, and you never know, you might just strike it lucky and find out that you might just have some form of ancestry leading back to the UK. They're very strict on it, though, so it has to be your grandparents were born in the UK. Oh, okay. And lived there for at least 20 years. Jesus Christ, dude. Okay, so you went through the ancestry visa process, right? There is another process whereby people can actually, like people can actually use to immigrate. And I think it's a process that Claire is using, which is pretty much going through an immigration specialist whereby you pretty much pay an immigration specialist every, like whatever fee that they're asking. Obviously, they break down the fee according to what you need. And then based on that, uh, you write a series of tests and attend a series of interviews prior you being accepted to be immigrated or immigrated into the country but it's based on the laws or suggestions of different governments and countries and whatnot so i think the one that she was going for was canada and she had to go through three i think if i'm not mistaken three interviews and she had to write an english proficiency test Mm, i have to do that as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and I, i forgot what other steps and hurdles that they made her jump through to actually get to that position of obtaining her express visa. Now she's at the final stage where she's just waiting for the answer from the government to determine whether or not she'll be immigrating. Then from there, Bob is her uncle. So, but I I wanted to please uh, ask you about something quickly. Uh, Are there any electric cars in Ireland or in the area that you live in? Is is that a big thing that's happening there? I, I was just curious. There are quite a few electric cars, but the most popular is actually hybrid cars. So they take, you know, you can run either on the electricity or on petrol or diesel. Yeah, no, we've got that here as well. But like, I I wanted to find out if that was a big thing there, because like, that's what I hear. Apparently, it's a big thing everywhere in, in the modern world, because it saves on fuel and stuff. And I just, I wanted to ask your perspective since you're there. You get more cars that are actually petrol and diesel um, that I've seen anyway, just because the electric and hybrid cars are so much more expensive to buy. Yeah. I I guess that would work more there because electricity is something that is stable as compared to this side where we've got ESCOM. I'm sure that you miss it. So much, you know. (laughs) Sometimes I turn off all the lights in the house and pretend I don't have electricity if I get homesick. Yeah, you just like you get homesick and you just like shut down electricity throughout the entire house for like two hours. <laughs> yeah, just go to the DV board, switch everything off. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever see yourself coming back to South Africa and visiting? Visiting, definitely. Yeah. You know, I've still got family there, and Gus is my boyfriend. I really want to show him South Africa, and, and you know, it, it's just, it is. Like, South Africa is a stunning place. Unfortunately, you know, the economy is unstable and it's very difficult to find decent work, but, you know, I do love South Africa. I just can't live there, but definitely for holidays. I would also be the same. Once I leave, (laughs) once I leave, I'll come for holidays. No problem. But to stay here, I honestly don't see myself forever here. So as much information I can get to get out of this country, it's fine. That's another reason why I'm doing my master's. Because it's not easier, but it's going to be not so much difficult for me to 
leave from what I heard. Like, so hopefully that's the case. But yeah. No, it definitely helps, you know. Yeah, no, look. First, first of all, I think like the, the major frustration and, and like I said, the major frustration and, and reason why people are usually like immigrating or feel like they need to, you know, uh, travel uh, abroad is usually because of opportunities. And it's incredibly scarce to, to obviously find them in South Africa. But if it is that you are able to find them, I think you should just weigh your options on whether like your standard of living will be better abroad as compared to here. Because like Jasmine said, it's incredibly scary and it's a, it's, it's a huge plunge to take. And, you know, when you do take that plunge, you have to consider a lot of factors. And fortunate enough for Jasmine, she had some help, even though it, like, it, it still does come with some difficulties and it does come with some restrictions. She's had some help to actually help her get to, to the point whereby she can be stable on her own. And that's also something to consider as well, because not everybody has that. Even with that, it still has some challenges and it, it, there are still a lot of difficulties that do come about as well. Mm. Listen, anyone needs a halfway house, give me a call, hey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I, I might just be the first one to actually make that call. You never know. <laughs> I'll just show up there with like a blanket tied to a picnic stick thingy, like in cartoons. <laughs> Yo, like we need to <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, this one gets it. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. <laughs> I just wanted to switch over to the next topic just to include a little bit more people as well. Matthew and don't do, if you don't mind. Matthew, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. No, I'm so sorry. I, I've, I've neglected you. <sighs> Baby, I didn't mean it. Like, it's just... <laughs> Alex, like, really? I just haven't spoken to Jasmine in a while. <laughs> and, you know? Oh, <laughs> Like, I don't, I, I, look. That's fine, Alex. We'll look, sort this out later. I can hear it in your voice. You feel neglected. And it's just, you know, I, I don't think it is. I think, look, we need to talk about, we spoke it's, about this in couples therapy. And it's fine. Look, it's, you know, this is what I'm talking about. You know, I've, you're just so, you're so bottled up. <laughs> you know, Matthew, it just, it doesn't, it bothers me, you know. But we'll talk about this. We'll, we'll talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> just put a put a put a pin in it and just move on. We had a, an episode prior to this whereby we did a whole introduction. I really would have loved that you met Claire because I feel like you guys have got like similar personalities, uh, and you you both so bubbly and energetic. I, I was actually hoping and, and like I don't know why I'm actually asking you this right now because we should probably talk about this after the show. But I figured, hey, let me just put this here now right now. If you'd like to join us for an episode next week as well. Yes, that'd be great. Yeah, no, because you've been so awesome so far in like the, the, like just being a sport in being a part of this one and being so patient. Even though we had technical difficulties, you like, you know, you, you stuck it through it like a champion. Well, the technical difficulties were my fault, so. <laughs> I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. <laughs> Look, guys, all right. I want to share something with you guys. And this is something that I, I did recently. And I think it's like the greatest thing that I've done ever. I I made the greatest April Fool's prank ever. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> I am still mad. Same. I am still mad till this day. I'll never trust you, Alex. <laughs> yeah, same. What did you do? <laughs> This asshole. Oh my God. This 
it's going to be the greatest story ever told on the internet. Maybe not. So April Fool's came along and, and I was in the office and I was bored and I sent out a text to like close friends and family. Some of them I might have missed as well, but... Even family, Alex! <laughs> All right, jeez, no, dude, don't have to, don't have to out me like that. Why are you putting me on blast, girl? Damn! Like, no stitching, don't you know that? I was so shocked. I was so shocked. All right, can I, can I share the story now, no, too? Can I? Can I? All right. So I sent a text out to everybody, right? And... Oh my God, the reactions were priceless. I told everybody that my girlfriend's pregnant. Okay, I just sent them a text saying that I'm going to be a dad, right? You know what I love about this prank? What I love about this prank is that I got to see everybody's genuine reactions and I got to see who I could trust with valuable information such as that. Like with one friend of mine, I sent her the text and she immediately got into a car and drove over to the office to speak to me. And there was like another friend of mine from Nalspreet. He picked up the phone immediately. And I'm not going to mention his name because you're not going to like the ending of the story. But he picked up the phone immediately and like not even hello, not even how are you, or not even congratulations. He just immediately picked up the phone and called. And as soon as I answered, he said, is it yours? That's like the first thing. That's the first thing that came out of his mouth. Like, is it yours? <laughs> Like, he wanted to know how to react to the whole thing. I got a lot of incredibly supportive messages, and it was really cool. And I'm sure that all of you guys hate me right now for sharing this information, but it was pretty cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nontu. I'm sorry, Matthew. You guys, I'm sorry. And if I had your number, by the way, at the time, Chasman, I would have played the same prank on you. You're ridiculous. Exactly. You know, I was... So emo I don't know what slipped my mind that it's April's fool because I was so like, oh my gosh. Like, let me be a supporting friend and not say much because I was so shocked. But then now I was like, Alex, <laughs> don't ever tell me anything like this. If you guys can see me right now, I've got the biggest smile on my face right now as you speak. You do not even know. Just everybody's reactions, it just made my day. I had the most fun ever. Yeah, especially at Matthew's expense. Ma Matthew, I'm sorry, don't be angry with me. I was like, am I supposed to be happy for this dude or sad for it? Like, was it an accident? Was it intentional? Exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was like, um, was it a good or bad? Or somewhere in between, you know, like, how am I supposed to react? And then, instead of even like just pretending, he's just like, yeah, what day is it? <laughs> just just react genuinely just just react the brooks was the only one immediately he was like april fools oh god brooks was the only one that got it right and here's the thing right with claire this is not the first time that i played this prank on her it works every time it, for some reason it, it just does guys why are we friends with this guy i don't know yeah because i am awesome and i bring happiness into your lives that is why so you're welcome all of you all right, here's another thing that I, I wanted to share with you guys. We just went through the pandemic, right? And we went through a whole Still lot going, of... Still going, but sure. Well, it's somehow come slowly back to normalcy, if I can call it that. Have you seen China now? Come Oof. on, China has never been normal. So I guess it's like normalcy in their own type of dimension. <laughs> just in South Africa, then we're talking. Well, yeah, I suppose so. But here's the thing, right? When this whole pandemic thing was happening, I went through a little bit of a spat and I went through like a depressive state. And like, I felt like being isolated makes you feel like you've got 
in a sense, like some sort of like a form of cabin fever. You kind of feel lonely. You're trapped with your thoughts a lot of the times. And you know what the funny thing is? I came across something that actually like the oddest thing that cheered me up. And you'd be surprised to find out what it is. I started watching wrestling. I know, right? It's it's like the oddest thing. I like it. Why are you laughing at me, Matthew? <laughs> I'm sharing something really. It's just like the last thing I would have expected. I was like, expecting <laughs> you to say like, listen to start watching some spiritual stuff on YouTube or some I don't know church sermon or yeah, something like, like that. something that is like yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, you were right when you said that it was it was something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but like, guys, okay, this is my own spiritual journey, which I enjoyed and I liked and, and I, I thoroughly... Sure, sure. It did something for me, okay? It uplifted my spirits, which I enjoyed and which I can appreciate. It, it did something for me. It won't do it for you, but it did something for me. And here's why it did something for me. I love wrist. Like, I loved the product as a kid, dude. It was amazing, dude. Like... I don't know if you guys watched it as children or anything like that, but... WWE! Yeah, exactly. I watched a piece about wrestling, about WWE on John Oliver, right? And he was incredibly critical of the product, especially of Vince McMahon. He, he pretty much put Vince McMahon on blast for how he's been treating wrestlers, right? It was an incredibly critical video. It was not in the WWE's best intentions or for, for their benefit. But here's how much I love the product. Even though it is critical, even though they were like down talking to WWE and Vince McMahon, I still found it entertaining because I love the product. I just, that's how much I love the product. It's amazing, dude. It's like, it's simple, primitive, gladiatorial type of display of strength and masculinity. And it's just so, are you not entertained by this shit? Like, come on, dude, it's amazing. The storylines, dude, I'm not even shitting you on this, okay? In 2003, like the most memorable match for me, right? The most memorable and iconic match for me in the WWE was watching tables, ladders, and chair custody battle match between Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. A custody battle match. And, and the kid in custody was Rey Mysterio's son, Dominic, right? Whoever won the match got custody of his kid. That is entertainment. How can you think of shit like that these days? I mean, come on. Okay, dude, please tell me that it's not a better story than Twilight. I'll wait. I'll wait. Everything's a better story than Twilight. <laughs> that just sounds like incredibly fake. <laughs> but I mean... Yes, of course it's incredibly fake. We all know that. It's not like we're all watching wrestling like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> they really did that. Wow! Alex! My God! Oh my God, I'm blown away! Are you trying to convince us? No, dude, I'm, look, here's the thing. No, dude, here, listen to me, listen to me. No, dude, I'm not trying to convince you of anything. All I'm saying is that I love this product. I enjoyed this product. And during a time of when I felt down, I felt lonely, watching that had brought really good memories. It cheered me up. Here's the thing, right? Right now, I'm like fucking... WWE is grinding my guts. And the reason why I'm sharing this information with you, and I know that you guys probably don't even give two shits about wrestling. And I'm okay with that, okay? I'm completely okay with that. But what I want to share with you guys is my passion for it and my distaste for how the product that I grew up on has changed and why that is. 
Okay, because when I was watching WWE, it was marketed for adults, like young adults who found it cool, like just wanted just to like, you know, take a break, grab a beer, watch a wrestling match and see two men beat each other bloody. That was it. And everything about it was prestigious. You had to win the heavyweight championship belt and the heavyweight championship belt was the most prestigious, well-rounded good-looking WWE belt that you had ever seen. And it just, it showed fucking brute force. It showed that, you know, I'm here to, to entertain. It shows that I'm the man right now. Now, the WWE belt is just one big emblem. It's just a W. It's, it's hideous. It, they took away the prestige, and that bothers me a lot, okay? Two, is that back in the day, right, there were, like, these hard hitters, right? Like... Vince McMahon tried to make sure that the wrestlers looked good. Like the wrestlers were the reason why people came and watched the show. You know, there were people like The Rock, who's so iconic. When you think of him, you think of not only his movies, but the WWE. When you think of Stone Cold Steve Austin, you you do the same thing. When you mention any of the modern wrestlers today, you cannot do that. That also bothers me, right? And the entrance music is so shit. Oh my God, it's awful. And they're fighting, they're wrestling. It's like two kids playing. It's like two kids playing in the ring. It's not even like adults that hate each other. It's like they know that we know that it's fake. And so they're not even trying to make it look real anymore. It bothers me a lot that this thing that made me happy, that brought me so much joy, that brought me an escape from the reality of just unhappiness has changed and watered down to something that is marketed for kids. Pathetic. Vince McMahon, fucking pathetic. Okay, 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 I take that back. I take that back. I don't know if you like have any goons out here in Africa that can kill me, but okay, I take that back. <laughs> Vince McMahon, you're cool with me, okay? You're, you're cool with me, Vince. Don't worry, I'm not, I'm not hating on you. This is just an Alex rant. This is my Alex rant, okay? So if the internet takes anything from this podcast... <laughs> Take this away, that Vince McMahon has ruined WWE for everybody. (laughs) He took away the thing that made me happy during the pandemic. All right. Because during the pandemic, the only thing I had going on was WWE reruns. And that was it. That was that was all that I had. And it worked. Okay. so that's just my rant. I shared it with you guys. I hope that you guys found it entertaining. Yeah. You sound like that grumpy old man. Get off my lawn! Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, no, I don't sound like that guy. You know what? Yes, you do. I sound like the guy that says, well, back in my day. Well, yes, exactly. Back in my day. Now they changed everything. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, when you hit a chair shot, you sell blood back in my day. Now the WWEs just be pussies. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, that's what the WWE is full of. That's just my rant. I, I just wanted to share that with you. I just I wanted to put it out there. All right, how about another topic? Is there anything that happened over the week that you guys would like to share? Yeah? Uh, I just want to ask Jasmine, like, was lockdown when you were here or after you just relocated? Because I don't know if I cashed it, if you did talk about that. I came to Ireland in the middle of lockdown. I got here in November 2020. Wait, how... Wait, hold on. The vaccines weren't even out yet. How did you make it across? Did you sneak in? (laughs) Is there a way to sneak in? Um, For legal reasons, I'm not going to tell you that. Oh, wow. 
All right. Okay, fine. You know what? Just hold that secret in for yourself, okay? Don't share that information with those who want to actually get across the boat. But anyway. We can talk about this, like, in amongst each other when other people are not listening. Fair yeah, point, fair point. Because I also want some hints. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to ask. You say you lived once the, it was starting to open up. Oh, is it easier for you now to travel into other countries since you are that side or like the countries around Ireland, like maybe the UK or have you traveled to those countries? Is it easier when you are that side or? No, there's Brexit, isn't there? There is, but it's actually so ridiculous how close everything is here. It's so easy to travel. I haven't gotten the opportunity yet because I've just been working. But, I mean, my boyfriend has been to Bulgaria and Holland and, you know, New York. And he's been everywhere because it's just, I mean, for us to get on on a plane ride, it's two and a half hours to Cape Town. If you get on a two and a half hour flight here, you're on the other side of Europe. Jesus Christ, dude. Wow. Wow. Because I hear even public transport, some people use trains to get around because when i was in europe for a holiday years back we would travel like from germany switzerland italy all of them they were like driving it's not like we're getting on plane getting in getting out even now i hear that no it's so easy to travel when you're staying around it's just very easy yeah it's really cool it's really easy to get around i mean gus lives it takes me less time to get from where I am to Scotland than it does for my boyfriend to drive up from the Republic. What? Wow. I just wanted to ask, which countries do you want to go to around that you are like, okay, this one I'm thinking it will be the next country that I'll go to. Or you haven't thought that yet because you're still working like... I'll tell you something for free. I'm not going to Ukraine. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> well, we're opening up again. It's like, oh, good, we've made it through the pandemic, and then Putin's like, uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, like that, that's going to be one place you're going to try and avoid. Like it's a plague, actually, and it would be for a good reason too. Okay, don't go there. I hear that there's something that the Russian president wants there. No, too. I'd absolutely love to go to Italy and Greece. Those are my two goals at the moment, but I'll probably end up in Holland first just because my boyfriend's originally from Holland and he's got some family there. So, you know, oh, please take me, adopt me. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to ask, how did you meet your boyfriend and does he have a Dutch accent or Irish accent? Share, share more on your experiences there. <laughs> <laughs> so I can tell you something. Tinder works. Yeah. <laughs> For a woman, yeah. Dude, oh, by the way, Matthew's got a Tinder experience. Please, Matthew's got a Tinder experience that he would like to share, okay? Because yes, come on, Matthew. I'd like to start off the story by saying that I was watching the Tinder Swindler the other day and I was like, no fucking way is this real. No fucking, no, like this, this, this shit ain't. Okay, let me not make Maggie feel even worse than what he should be. But Matthew, please take the lead. <sighs> okay, well, they're, so, you know, using Tinder like normal. And then... Like normal people do. Um, someone started talking to me. Like Tinder does. It's going quite well. Yeah. 
And then they asked uh, if they could just borrow a couple bucks. And I was like, yeah, sure, it's fine. No problem. Lent them a few hundred rand. And then we, we organized the date that we were going to meet and whatever. And then they asked for asked for a few, a couple more uh, and gave them some more. Um, and the date was approaching. And then I uh, went to the date. Well, went there, waited for an hour and a bit. And then never showed up. And then... The, None of the messages went through. And then the next day, they were like, yeah, sorry, I got robbed. Can you send me some more money so I can get a new phone? And at this point, I was like, yeah, sure, but first just send me a photo of yourself with, like, some proof that you're actually real. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. God. Never heard from them again. Yeah, and, you know, I would also fall for that. I don't know. Knowing me, I was going to fall for the second time around and try and do something, but... Nigga, my hood senses are just too strong for that shit. My, my hood senses would be like, ah, oh, nigga, I'll watch the Tinder swindler. No! <laughs> I'll watch that shit. I've, I've researched niggas like you, nigga. I know you, nigga. Like, I know you somewhere out there. This is before that even existed, though. Imagine if it was, like, some big buff nigga, dude, like, somewhere in, like, some room asking you what you're wearing, dude. And like you actually told them, dude, like that would be so fucked up, dude. That would be so fucked up. <laughs> okay, dude, okay, I shouldn't be saying shit like that, dude. I should be more of a supportive friend, dude. I'm sorry about that, Matthew. Um, I mean, it never went like that. It was more just like small talk beforehand. Um, but yeah. And then it, that's when that that's when it got rowdy. That's when he was like, okay, touch yourself. Okay, can I just, I'm just going to like interject here no no gross <laughs> control yourself Alex Matthew don't listen to him he's a listen we all fall for things exactly <laughs> Jasmine you remember how I was okay I was I was rowdy I was always out there I was always out there you'll adapt to it again yeah but there, there are swindlers everywhere I mean I wanted to buy a second hand freezer and uh, you think, oh, you know, it's Ireland. People are nice here. They're good here. No, paid the guy the money. And he's like, great. Uh, the delivery's on the way. The My delivery guys are coming. And, you know, nothing happened. Messaged him later. You know, hey, what? Oh, no, sorry. I haven't heard from them. Uh, I'll get back to you now. Gone. Never heard from him again. Was it a lot of money? Well, like, this is the thing. It's, it was 90 pounds. So times that by 20. Jesus Christ is Lord. Okay, uh, yeah, that's a lot of money. 2,000 rand, roughly. Yeah, roughly. So, I feel you. <laughs> well, I'm sorry about that. You guys went through a lot. And like, we live and we learn. That's why we're having this podcast. Now that, now that My mother was just like, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry. I thought people were nice here. <laughs> <laughs> dude, you'll get cons everywhere you go. Yeah, it's not even funny, dude. It's so weird. Matthew, you said your sister stays there as well. Which side of Ireland does she stay in? North west of the Republic of Ireland. Uh, okay, pretty much where Jess is. What's the place called? I have. Oh wait, wait. I think I remember. No, it's Sligo. Oh, Sligo is beautiful. Quite nice. Very relaxing. If you ever get bored or lonely and you need somebody to hang out with, there's always Matthew's sister. <laughs> I don't know if I'm playing hookup over here, but. Mm. I want to thank you guys all for being a part of this. I started this journey because I wanted to have fun with my friends and reconnect with some of my mates that I've had an incredible time with and, and share such fun memories with. 
And you guys taking the time to do this really means a lot to me. So I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, that comes to the conclusion of the podcast. From us at DMC, stay deep, stay you.